listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Preachers of LA After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Preachers of LA After Show. I love this song. Go ahead, sing it, Meg. Meg can sing. Go ahead. You want to hear me? Okay, good. Jesus, 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 okay, Jesus, Jesus. We'll oh, that's not it. We'll, 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 we'll take you to some, um, some, some choir lessons. Girl, I've been in the choir my whole life. I was on praise team. Mm-hmm. I okay. was. <laughs> Welcome to After Buzz. I'm your host, Fallon Mercedes, with my beautiful co-host, who may not know how to sing, what? but does know how to host. My granny Ms. said Megan. I could sing. <laughs> In the shower. <laughs> All right, so this is uh, season one, episode four of Preachers of LA. Again, I'm Fallon Mercedes. You can find me online on Twitter, on Instagram, at Fit with Fallon. Where can they find you, Meg? Always on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Meg Scoop, like scoop of ice cream, because I like ice cream. Yes. Actually, I, I have Scoop, that's why. <laughs> and scoop of the show today. Oh, we definitely have the scoop of the show <laughs> right. today. There's a lot going on mm-hmm. coming off of the tea party last week, right. which had a lot going on. Now we have, I, th- I think this is one of the biggest episodes yet. What do right. you think? Right. And I'm so glad finally that what I said for the last episode came true, which was the getting married before the actual wedding for Dietrich no. and Dominique. You said they're not going to do it, though. No, I said what I wanted. Like, uh, that's what I, okay. what I wanted you to happen. they weren't going to no, do it, no but, but, no, but what I'm saying is because I kept saying, why don't they just get married? You know, yeah. it just makes more sense. So I'm glad that they finally did that. Yes, I, I so agree with you. There was so much tension. I felt like every time they were meeting, they were right. like, you know, I'm sick of leaving. I'm sick of being apart from you. So it's nice to see that it happened. Right. This episode, we see Bishop Gibson kind of have or call a, a intervention for his sister. Right. She's been addicted to drugs for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he Sean. finally, yes, he finally wanted to get her out of that. And then also um, Bishop McClendon. I didn't know it was this serious, but, you know, he was having some security issues before but i didn't know his he was getting death threats what do you think about that right that uh, the crazy part is that this happens a lot with prominent preachers Mm -hmm. um because there's you know they're polarizing sometimes they say things that people don't agree with or there's some extremists who feel completely on the other side of what they feel so that for some reason they feel like i'm gonna kill you and a lot of preachers especially the ones that are on tv sometimes they have to have that security with them mm-hmm. and he even bishop mcclendon even tells fonsworth bentley he says you know i was talking to my uh, attorney who said he has a-list celebrities that don't have to have this mm-hmm. kind of security around them yeah it's, it's kind of crazy it was cool to see fonsworth we I wanted know. to know where the last time i seen him he was you know helping out diddy and now he has his own family right he has a brand new child i guess we'll talk about that first um mcclendon 
comes in, sits down um, with uh, Fonsworth and his wife. I guess his wife went to his church, was a member for a while, mm -hmm. and they just had a baby. And I thought this was interesting. I don't know if you caught it, but McClendon said to him, I knew that baby was coming before you guys right. even did. I guess he had prophesized it. Um, Probably, or, yeah. It, what do you think about that, about when uh, preachers prophesize things or see things that haven't have not come come about yet well i don't have a problem with prophecy but i do have um the one thing about prophecy that you learn in the in the word is that you have if it comes true then you know that that's a real prophet because there's a lot of false prophets in the world that will say one thing and it's not true or they might say something to you that sounds good and especially in in Old Testament times, you'll mm -hmm. hear people say things that were like, oh, the Israelites will get out of bondage in two years. And then there's another prophet like, no, no, no. The Lord said 70. I'm sorry. Yeah. And then, you know, they're typically the bear of bad news and people don't like it, but it's the truth. So the, the one thing about prophecy is that it is tested over time and you will know if it's true or not when you, when the time that the time frame that was given, if it comes to pass, then you know that that is a true prophet. Mm -hmm. So I'll give it to him. If he told them that, we don't know the full extent of the prophecy, but he said he knew the baby was coming. He told them, I guess. So, hey. Yeah. I also found it interesting that they both showed up wearing almost the exact right. same outfit. That's so <laughs> funny. Like, who all has orange pants and I, navy blazer? I Let's... don't have orange pants at all. But... And then they're going to wear them at the same time. You know what I mean? That was funny. Yeah. I think one was a little red, more red than the other, but still. Yeah. It's funny. Um, they had a nice little sit down. They were talking about trying to balance out family life right. and work life and being a man and, you know, having to go to work and travel. And McClendon, that's something that he knows. He's been Right. traveling all over the world for his ministry. Right. Um, and we do see a little bit of Priscilla this episode. And right. Well, hold on. I want to say something about okay. that when they're having that talk. He he does tell Fonsworth that um, he said the balance that you're in the pursuit of, you never really achieve. And I think that's that good was, to yeah. say about, uh, you know, fathers in general. He's like, you know, we're the ones that typically go out and we make the money. And, mm -hmm. and you know, we always feel like we're not there enough. And he's like, you'll never achieve that. But just know that you're still you're still a good father. You're trying to do that. You're providing for your family. But just because you feel that way, don't feel, don't think that you're not achieving. That's normal. Yeah. You're just going to always feel like that. And I feel as women, we go through that, too. And I think Christy kind of spoke uh, upon this in um, a previous right. episode. She said she never feels like she has enough time where she can do everything. And I feel like both the men and the women in this show, you know, that that's something that they struggle with, you know, doing what they do best, but also trying to balance their family lives. And I think it's awesome to see that in this show right. that we get to see these preachers trying to do it all and seeing their families and we did see Bishop McClendon's family I'm in love with his little boy isn't he's he adorable so, his sons are so handsome and yes. the little boy is just like okay can we order pizza yeah, like, <laughs> he doesn't care that who cares about your death threats dad right. yeah yeah let's just, just like get a some kid. pizza and his mom's like you would have pizza three times a day if you could he's like no mm. I'm not and then Cameron, um, his son, um, he's also his assistant. So right. it surprised me that he wasn't really um, aware of this. But I was assuming that maybe Bishop McClendon didn't want to let Cameron know because that is his son, what was really going on and how extreme these threats were getting. Or maybe, you know, I took it as I think Cameron did know. Maybe he knew some of it because he, of course, he's his assistant. So mm -hmm. he knows where his dad is. If he's like he had that meeting with his security. Mm -hmm. So I think Cameron might. Might know, but I think for the sake of the cameras, they probably needed to say, Cameron, sit down here with your brother because your dad's going to have to come and talk to you guys. Mm -hmm. So 
don't know. Because he didn't seem too surprised when his dad told him that. He mm-hmm. just kind of was like, okay. Yeah. Then he might have been filled in. Um, but I noticed in the security meeting, too, he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And usually you have your assistant everywhere you go. So I kind of felt like maybe he didn't want him to know the extent until he had to sit down with him. Did you catch anything in the meeting with um, all of his security that was noticeable? Um. Well, I would say this. They're all very well-dressed. Shout out to everyone on Bishop McClendon's staff. They know either the cameras is rolling and they're told, get your get your clothes right, or they're always fly. I don't know. Either way, y'all look good at that church. I'm just saying. <laughs> they definitely do. I guess I'm very um, detail-oriented and paying attention to right. detail, but I noticed when Bishop McClendon walked in the room, everybody stood up. And right, then, correct. Yes. And then he said, okay, you may be seated. And... You know, that's something that I would expect from the president or a judge. But it was interesting to see the bishop um, handle his security like that. Well, there's some churches that do that. I think that's um, Mm -hmm. it's it's a little more formal than, I guess, what I would be used Mm -hmm. to in in church settings that I've been in. But there are churches that are like that. And I uh, assuming from him, the way he runs his staff, they do treat him kind of like the president. of Yeah, it it, it seemed like very presidential. I would like to go to his church one day to see how he does. I've. I've never seen it on TV. Have you? Mm-mm, no, yeah, I I'll have to. I have to check it out. But yeah, that's do you kinda... do you think that that's wrong though to have your to have to have that level of respect or that that kind of level of leadership where mm-hmm. your people who work for you stand up when you walk through the room? I don't think it's wrong, but um, I don't think it's wrong. But it's just it's something that I've never seen before. I've never been to a church where you right. stand up when um, you know a bishop walks in. So it's just different. I don't think it's wrong, but right. I think if his wife and his kids were standing up when he walked into the room, I'd, I'd <laughs> that's say, okay, weird. that's a little weird. That's but weird. Yeah, maybe that's just how he runs his business and he likes to have authority and, right. you know, he's in charge. But you guys out there watching, listening, and what do you guys think about that? Right. You know? On iTunes, let us know. And make sure you subscribe Subscribe to this podcast. Also, give us five stars. five stars and tell your friend and your friend's friend and your mama's friend and your usher's friend and, yeah, the, sure. and the motherboard's <laughs> friends about the podcast as well. And, you know, what do you guys think about, um, you know, if you go to church or do you have these conversations right. with your friends at church? What, how do they feel about the show? Let them know about our podcast. Have right. them watch. And we love everybody who has been commenting. Um, I had made a reference last week and it was nice to get a nice little comment back and it's, Logan. Shout yeah, out to shout Logan, out to Logan on YouTube yes. who writes our, writes messages to us. Hi. Yeah. It's nice to see that you guys are watching and responding right. and we love it all. So right. please chime in on us. Um, we will respond. We'll, if you guys want to call in, you could call in. You want to come in the show. If you're in LA, we'll have you on the show. Come too. on in. Yes. <laughs> so as far as one thing about Bishop McClendon that I want to note about the meeting that he had mm-hmm. was that he does mention that the person, there was someone who had a gun. Oh, He was yes. talking about that. Someone brought a gun to service. That's crazy. Okay. So, okay. Now, I know I said before it was okay for Bishop Gibson to go to the hood with his gun, but I don't know about people going to church with their gun. I just think there's a time and a place for everything, and I don't believe that church is the correct place to exactly. have a gun. But the re- the person that was bringing a gun obviously was not in the right yeah. mind and came as in a stalker, him. you know, threatening manner. Um, But in that instance, do you think it's okay for security to have guns on them in church? 
Security, yes. Okay. I think if they're licensed, um, I think it's different when you've gone through training and you're there to right. protect someone. Right. But I think if you're a random person walking in with a gun, I, I don't trust that. That right. doesn't sit right with me. Right. And I, I think the same thing. I think if there's security, uh, if you have security, obviously there's a reason. If you're paying yeah. people to keep you safe, no one's just going to hire security for no reason. You feel threatened in some way, shape, mm-hmm. or form. So yeah. I agree with the fact that he has security and I'm, if they had guns, I'm not saying that they do because he doesn't make mention if his security has guns in church. But I would understand, mm-hmm. especially if you've had somebody that's threatening your life. And he, he is correct when he says, my job is to protect my family. That's my number one job that God has given me. I have to make sure they're protected at all costs. So I agree with him. You know, protect your family. I agree. You should have the security that you need to keep them safe. I agree. I so agree. Um, let's talk about Mr. Dietrich. Dietrich bought a house. He, he, he had a quite, quite the few surprises in this episode. Right. He had some things up his sleeve. Um, and he went to Faye in the first scene mm-hmm. and he said, Hey, I have a surprise, um, for your daughter. I just bought her, a, not just the house, a seven bedroom, six right. bathroom no, house. Switch no. that, honey. It's six bedrooms, seven bathrooms. Really? Yes. And I, cause I, I, when the real estate agent said that, he said that first and then the real estate agent said that. And I'm like, why would you need seven bathrooms bathrooms than you have rooms? I guess cause there's, you know, like, uh, like guest guest bathroom bathroom. when people walk in the house, you don't want them using your regular bathroom. Oh, okay. I don't know. That's excessive, but I like it. That is a (laughs) lot of rooms and a lot. I didn't know, I didn't know Dietrich was doing it big like that. Girl, yes. He got all them, uh, awards. You ain't got all them Stella awards. Right. Shoot. Apparently, I didn't know they was paying like that for Stella Awards. Hey, no, I'm just playing. But I mean, with all of his, um, of course, with his album sales, and of course, being on the show, obviously, mm-hmm. more people he gets more exposure, more people yeah. are downloading his music. So yeah, but this is this is his first season. He got that that house before the show even aired. You well, think about it. He probably had to get them checks before <laughs> <laughs> them checks from the show before it aired. Who knows? Well, I think it's amazing that he knows his wedding is coming and that he already planned. Let me right. get this house for my family. And he even told Faye, you know, you can live in the right. house, and too, which is awesome. sweet. I love it. Because how many guys really want their mother-in-law to stay with them? Mm. Not a whole lot, right? Exactly. And, and that's, that, that goes to show you that's, um, one thing that I remember a woman, an older lady told me, she was like, a man makes room for his wife. And, and I was like, well, explain that more. She was like, you know, a man makes, makes sure he has stuff for his wife. One of those being a house. Now, does it have to be a six bedroom, seven bathroom house? No. But at, as long as there's a place, as long mm-hmm. as he's in the mentality of, I have to take care of my family. Mm-hmm. My wife needs a home. My children need somewhere to live. Mm-hmm. You know, I need to make, make sure I have some type of jobs. So I have an income to support support them mm-hmm. you know it's just a mindset so i think this goes to show you he's definitely in a mindset he's ready to be a husband he's already a father he wants to take care of his family and he mm-hmm. wants to do it well yeah i'm i'm proud of you dietrich good job you did and very that, very that, well oh my gosh in that closet He's so sweet, too, because when he surprised Dominique, he had her close her eyes. Right. She didn't know what was going on. She's like, Dietrich, what are you doing? We in a ditch. She tried to kill me. <laughs> she was so scared. And then she gets out the car and she sees this. It looks like a mansion to me. Right. It's huge. It's beautiful. And she walks through the house and she must have felt like a princess. Right. I felt like a princess. Yeah. I mean, just was envisioning you know? my own closet looking like that because that closet was fabulous. Yes. Positive thoughts. Put it out there. Right. We'll, we'll right. That house in that closet. But yeah. So he finally brought her into the home and he kind of basically said, you know, God has blessed us out of order. Right. And 
you know, we did things out of order, but God has blessed us out of order. And, you know, we're we're getting things in order. And I feel like we should go ahead and get married so we can live in this house. Right. And I think that's really noble of him to say because he's like, I don't want to come into this big house by myself. I refuse to live here by myself. So let's just go get married before. Basically, let's elope before the wedding. Mm -hmm. And this is what I was saying. Why don't y'all just do that? Because it makes sense. Your family, you're definitely going to get married. Who cares Mm -hmm. what other people think? This is between you and your spouse. Let's just go ahead and make it official yeah. so we can start living our lives. The wedding, that can just be a party. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I, I get what he's saying. Well, we can't really tell people because then people feel a little cheated. Like, I don't really want to go to your wedding. You're already married. I don't mm-hmm. want to get you gifts. It's, it kind of cheapens the feel. I get it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, okay, don't tell them then. Fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. Think what you want to think. The Lord knows the truth at the end of the day. I don't care if you think that we're shacking because you don't know we're married. Guess what? I don't really care. Huh? Mm-hmm. Talk to the Lord about it. Don't exactly. tell me. Mm-hmm. And I love that they actually got um, married in Faye's backyard. Yeah, and I, and it's so good that he asked. You know, he was like, can we get married in your backyard? And Faye, of course, is like, I guess, yeah. I she's love a- Faye. <laughs> I love Faye. I want to go to Faye's house. Yeah, yeah, she's so, again, she's that, you know, hard on the outside, soft on right. the inside, just going to give you tough love. But right. she was so cute because she was so dressed up at their wedding. She, she had eyeshadow on. Right. She had a, I was like. It's a wedding, girl. You got to get dressed up. What do you, you mean? You know she was so. So excited to give her daughter's hand in marriage away. And right. even when um, the minister was like, who would like to give, you know, Dominique away? She jumped right in, was like, me. Yes, I'll, I'll give her away. Right. <laughs> I will. I do. Yeah. And Dietrich was like, dang, Faye, okay, we'll right. take her. They didn't have real rings. They used um, yarn. yarn which is- <laughs> I guess it was, you know, they improvise. I mean, I'll take yarn if you just bought me a huge house right. with six bedrooms, seven bathrooms. And they're going to get rings, I mean, at the actual yeah. ceremony. So I guess that's cool because that leaves something for them to still yeah. do at the ceremony, yeah. which is the real rings. I, I think it's great that they did this on their own, but they're still going to do the big thing. Right. You know, right. my parents, they've been married for a long time, but they went to City Hall and they never did the, you know, the big thing. Yeah. So it's going on 30 years now that they've been uh, married. So they're actually going to have a real big wedding. Aww, so my see, mom's emailing me wedding gowns. Aww, and that's so yeah. cute. So I think it's great that they're going to have both because, right. you know, some people, when they don't do it that way, they feel like they're missing out. But some people, it's cool. Right. And he, and he says to Faye as well, he says, you know, we're, we're still going to have the big wedding because I want to do that for Dominique. Mm-hmm. And I want her to have it. And that's so sweet because they could have just eloped, saved a lot of money and said, forget it. But he's like, you know, she's she's never been married. She wants to get married. I want her to have that. But I also want us to live in our home. It doesn't yes. make sense that we're not in a home that obviously we're paying for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we should just go ahead and make it official and get married. And it's really cute. Yeah, it was really cute. When he mm-hmm. kissed her, he got a little excited. <laughs> she said, you moaning. moaning. <laughs> I'm like... Jeez, Dietrich is fainting. Right. Wants his lady. Well, that's okay because they married now, honey. They're yeah. the Haddens now. Yeah. Okay. No I wonder, shame. You know what? I wonder mm-hmm. if the next episode, if they're going to, you know how like at the beginning they show everybody's name? Yeah. They're going to the, change it. I, I, I'm hoping they put Dominique Haddon Aww. on it. That would yeah. be nice. They probably will. They better. Yes. If not, I'm going to have to ask someone who knows some people from the company. We'll, production we'll, company. we'll work that out. We'll okay. make sure. It's <laughs> <in there. laughs> All right. So let's move on to um, Bishop Gibson. Okay. 
We see him um, sit down with his family. We see his mama. We see his sister, his wife. And it, they called kind of an emergency um, intervention. I guess it's been a while that his sister had been on drugs. 16 years she's been addicted. And he kind of opened up in his confessional and was like, right. you know, I feel like it's my fault my family right. is addicted to drugs because I... I was addicted to drugs, and he feels like he led them down that path, and now that their family has this curse, this right. addiction, and he's trying to break it. What did you think of the the emergency intervention? Um, I thought it was definitely needed because he did say that Sean has been on drugs for 30 some years and, and Tari, his other sister said that the last time she saw Sean, Sean, that Sean looked like she was on her way to the deathbed. Yeah. And, um, and, and she did say, you know, she's been a functioning drug addict for all these years. She's been fine, but she just looks bad. So we got to do something. So I, I can appreciate that they love her enough that they're, they're, they're strategizing. And mm-hmm. that to me was amazing how, how literally Bishop Gibson is like, okay, you two go in and get Sean. I'm basically going to distract the homies and the OGs. <laughs> he's like, y'all I'm going to bring my Glock, you right. know, just in case. <laughs> and, he, and he's like, y'all don't really understand this world. I get this world, but yeah. you know, at the same time, I got to go get my sister. I need yeah. some help. Y'all gonna help me? Cool. And I and I love that. I love that. Sometimes we forget, and we get so far removed when when we get saved, as yeah. people say, that we forget that there's people who need our help, even mm-hmm. in our own families, and that we gotta go through whatever to make sure that we help save them. We can't go help save other people. We're not even saving people in our own family. Yes. And he mentioned that um, the house that she's renting a room in, right? Um, it's called the shooting gallery, and I guess that means that everybody's shooting up in that house. Everybody's on. Yeah, it's a dope house. Everybody's on drugs. Right. So I imagine it's probably not that easy to go in there and just take somebody. Right. You know, they might feel like, hey, what are you doing? They got cameras. You know, is there going to be cops? Right. You know, right. they have, he was saying there's OGs driving down the neighborhood. And he's not so much worried about the OGs, right. but more the Pyrus, the younger gangsters, because he he has respect right. with the older gangsters. But I wouldn't the say young- the Pyrus necessarily, because I don't know what gang, that's, that's a specific game. Mm-hmm. But because I don't remember, did he say Pyrus? Because I don't want us to put that out there. Oh. Girl, they come after us. You know, we do live in LA. <laughs> it was, I, I, I don't remember, but I know that he is. He he knows the older gangsters and he feels like he's respected that way. Right. But right. it's the younger ones he's not sure of and that's right. what he's worried about. And I can imagine, you know, being a bishop, going into the hood, going into this crack house, having your mother, your sister, and your wife. Not his mother. He didn't bring his mom. He didn't bring. Oh yeah, mm. you're right. She didn't bring the mom. No, they can't have Miss oh, Shirley okay. out in there because they know okay, tell so her what's she, gonna pop off. Yeah, she, can't go. she was at the meeting. I do. I remember seeing her at the right, meeting, but right. she wasn't in the car. But mm-hmm. the mom. I mean, um, the sister and the wife. That's still you have that two is. women with you right. in a dangerous area. Right. Two women that you really care about right. in this dangerous. I'm surprised he didn't call homies to help him out. But I guess he wanted his sister to feel um, comfortable when they did get her in setting and they brought her to Roscoe's right. sat her down and kind of told her you know this is what we want for you right but I think it shows how much love he has for his sister that he's oh, yeah. willing to put his other sister his wife in harm's danger and he also said if they don't respect me they will respect the law yeah so mm-hmm. we gonna get her out of there whether we gotta do it or we gotta call the cops or something of course that wouldn't have been good yeah. you know that's kind of extreme but I, I get why they did that and and you know when they do see Sean. Sean's already outside. Yeah. But she tells him that she's dope sick. That she's, you know, 
I guess the drugs are starting to have an, a, a worse effect on her body. I can, I can imagine doing, she says she's done crack, heroin, alcohol, and I mean, and prostitution at the same time, mm-hmm. basically. Um, so I can see that it's probably taking a toll on her body. Yeah. But I will say his sister, Sean, looks amazing to have been doing drugs for 32 years. Yeah. Did you, does she look like she's on drugs to you? Um, she did. I feel like you, you, to me, you can always tell in the eyes. Like I had a family member, um, somebody who was close who right. was on drugs and ended up committing suicide because uh, of the drugs. Sorry. Yeah. And when you look in their eyes, they just, you can't even there's explain a, there's it. There's a sadness. It's, there's a darkness. There's something in the eyes that you can right. tell. And to me, you can see it in her eyes. And then you can tell in the way Sean the was acting. Yeah. And she just, she couldn't sit, sit still. Um, and Ron even explained that, you know, once you're on drugs, right. you get to the point where your body can't even act normal if it doesn't get the drug. Yeah. He was saying you no longer get drugs to get high you get drugs to just live normally yeah that's and it. that's that's what she was going through she was like oh shoot she needs another hit of whatever she was taking because right. she she was going crazy her body was going crazy and you know it came off that she was being rude and like she just didn't seem like she was all the way there and she's got drugs i yeah. mean that's what that heroin does the heroin has as some country people say heroin does to your your brain cells man what did you think when she was on the phone with a drug dealer mm-hmm. and you know here ron and the family is here trying to help her and the drug dealer comes to roscoe's and you know he was saying something in her ear but ron kind of pointed out you just got something from him you know he probably came here so you could get your fix Right. And he says he had about 10 more seconds to leave before he was going to do it, some damage. It to looked him. like he was going to get up and do something. It did. At first I was like, hold on, Bishop Ryan, what you really going to do to this, this, uh, drug dealer slash he might be a pimp too. We mm-hmm. don't know. Yeah. You don't know this guy, but, um, he, he did say, you know, you got, he had about 10 more seconds before I did something to him. And that's right because you're trying to save your sister. And he also makes a mention that when you try to leave something, that's how Satan works. He yep. tries to bring you back in. And even though, you know, you try to get her, bo- they're trying to get her body free. It's going to mm-hmm. take a lot longer to get her mind free. And yeah. that's true. That's, that's what addiction is. Yeah. It's a spirit, the spirit of addiction. We rebuke thee in the name of Jesus. Seriously. <laughs> um, and I, I noticed what she said at the table and it kind of, it made me feel something in my heart when she said to Ron that she felt like she was forgotten. Right. She thought she right. was forgotten. And he kind of explained to her, you know, you were never forgotten. You know, we were just praying for you. And and I understand where he's coming from. When someone doesn't want to quit drugs, you cannot make them. Right. It's something that they have to want. Right. If they don't want, they're not going to do it. Right. So I think he had to wait and pray and make sure that she wanted this for in order for him to help. And he said, of course I want to help. I'm helping all these other people. I want to be able to help my own sister. Right. right. And I think for her, it was, it, I think that's a why a lot of people do drugs. You know, when yeah. you get, when you get to a spot, something has happened to you, something traumatic to the point where you like, you just want to drown it out. And the best way to do it is with drugs. And a lot of times there's a, there's a feeling of loneliness that an emptiness that comes with that. And it's one of those, nobody really cares anyway. So why don't I just drink my life away, smoke my life away, shoot up my life away. And it's good to know that she's loved. And, And I think that's part of what, Especially as Christians, what we're supposed to do is we just love on people and mm-hmm. let them know, like, you're not forgotten. Yeah. God didn't forget about you. He made you. He loved, he loves you. That's why you're here. And don't believe the lie yeah. that's being fed into your head that no one cares about you because that is not 
the truth. And you know, it really breaks my heart again, because this is a touchy subject for me that, you know, they get into a place where they feel lonely and they think they're the only one, but especially when they have kids, right? you know, it's just like, do you know how much this is affecting your kids and hurting your kids to see you in this situation? So Ron even said that to her, you know, you have children, you have a family that loves you. You need to get better for them, for us, for you. You know, it's been too long. Now is your time. You can do this. And he explains to her, we have a a, a house, um, what do you call them? A rehab. A rehab center. center with a room all already set up for you. Just, you're all set. You right. just have to accept it and say yes. And you're there. And that's literally what happened. Right. Finally, after 30 some years, you know, and I, I'm sure this wasn't the first time that they tried to help her. Yeah. It's, if your sister's on drugs, you're not just going to wait 30 years before you say yeah. something. I'm sure they've tried to help her. But again, I don't think she wanted to come out of it. But at this point, she's feeling sick. Mm-hmm. She wants to make a difference. And yeah. I think she's just tired. Yeah. And she's 55 years old. Right. How much longer can you do this to your body right. without, you know, it giving up on you? Right. So right. it's great to see that now was the time and that she accepted it and she went to the rehab and they were there right. with her. And, you know, he kind of told her, you know, we're here for you. And we're you could tell on you. Yeah, exactly. And you could tell he was trying to get out of there before he started crying. He was like, you know, I don't want right. to cry and I'm just going to let you be. Right. And-, and I really I wanted to laugh because you can tell that the sister Cherie is like the um She's like, I don't know if she's older than mm-hmm. than them, but she's definitely gives off a more older motherly feel when she starts filling out the paperwork for Sean because Sean is just, she can't do it. And um, I love how she asked the questions like, come on, speak up. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. would you say, I got to hear you. Would you say? Like the way she's asking her the question, I'm like, that definitely is a, even if she's not, even if Therese's not the big sister, she acts like it. Yeah, she definitely did. <laughs> but she, she was serious. She was like, right. we need to get this out. Like, I know right. you're high and you're feeling a certain way, but right. like, this is serious. We need to know exactly what you're on. And it really broke my heart when, you know, not only is she on drugs, but as you mentioned before, she's, she's given herself away to men for money to right. buy drugs. Right. Like, it's 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 so much that this woman is going through. Right. My heart felt for her. Right. It the, really did. It, yeah. And there's a lot of people who have this same story, mm-hmm. same story. And and I think for us, it's it's we have to stay in prayer for people. Yes. Because Amen. this is it's it's a heavy addiction. Like you said, Amen. there's a lot that comes with it. You just don't do one drugs. Usually more than that. It's mm-hmm. more, alcohol addiction, prostitute. There's a lot of other stuff that comes mm-hmm. along with this one spirit of addiction. Yeah. And so I really hope and pray that Sean is, you know, even now I hope she's delivered from the addiction and I mm-hmm. hope she doesn't go back to it. Yeah. I hope Bishop Gibson says, you know, you're clean, you're done, go live in man cave. You know, you can <laughs> stay away from Compton. Right, you'll right. be good. You'll be, you have a nice, a man cave has a lot of room. Right. She, she could live well at Mancave. It would no longer be the man cave. It'll <laughs> it be her house, but yes. I think that'll be okay. And I love the fact that he, He's a bishop who goes through these things, right. but he also lets his congregation know. Right. We've seen him preaching and he was telling his congregation, you know, that we need to strive to save o- others, not just ourselves. And mm-hmm. he said, you know, I have a sister who, you know, I love and that I would walk across the seven seas to go right. and get and save. And it's nice that he's open with what he's really going through. Right. And that's probably why he's doing the show. So not only his congregation, but everyone 
else could know and can feel the love and and know that he's out there to help people. Right. And I and I love when people when preachers especially give their own personal stories yes. and they share about what they've gone through because I think that's a word for all of us mm-hmm. that we should share what we go through because it can be a testimony for to somebody else. I guarantee you somebody, if not everybody in that right. congregation has somebody in their family addicted to something whether it's drugs or alcohol or sex or or food, Mm -hmm. something, you know, you can, you know, somebody who's addicted to something. So the fact that he has been so transparent about that, I really think that it's going to help save somebody. And he even gave a verse from Jude, the book of Jude. And he it said something about snatching them out of the fire. Yes. And that you, it's important to do that. And, Mm -hmm. and I feel like we all should each one reach one. Let's Mm -hmm. save somebody today. Yes. And again, save someone. That's why Bishop Gibson is one of my favorites on the show. He's, Everybody's your favorite. No, no. Gibson. You gonna have else? one favorite. Who, who else did I say was my favorite? I don't know. Yeah, you, you said, said the Hazelips. Yeah, the Hazels are my favorite. Gibsons are mine. Okay, so not one of your favorites. Okay, they're Very. my favorite. I like other ones too. Okay, but... you like them, but favorite means okay. one, Fallon. Okay. okay. <laughs> Gibsons are my favorite. I okay. declare it. I love them. I want to see more of them, and hopefully we'll see more of them in other shows. Yes. Um, some bishops we didn't see in this episode. We didn't see Jones. Sure didn't. We no. didn't see the Cheneys. No. And we didn't see the Hazelips. Nope, but we're definitely going to see them next episode, yes, according we... to the uh, the flash, or excuse me, the predict, what is it? The Not the flashbacks, but what happens next yeah. episode. <laughs> Coming up next yes. on Preachers of LA. Right. All right, so let's talk about predictions. Okay, let's do it. Oh, we skipped news and gossip. We'll have to go to news and gossip next Predictions. So, of course, we see in the predictions for next week that Bishop Jones and his lady friend Loretta are having another talk. You know, I just, I get the feeling that Bishop Noel Jones is not going to marry Loretta. He's not going to be with her. I don't get that feeling that he's going to marry her at at all. And I feel like she's going to try to put an ultimatum on him. And she's just going to get the short end of the stick. I'm sorry, honey. I think Jones is going to play his friendship card. (laughs) I can't play it no more. He's been going on for 16 years with this friendship card. You know what I think is going to happen? I I just don't. I feel when somebody has been, you know, friends for that long or if you want to call it stringing someone along for that long, you're, that's not something you really want to do. I think if he gets married to anyone or settles down with anybody, it's going to be somebody random right. out of the blue. It's not going to be, be like, I'm sorry, honey. what? Right. Probably it's going to be a very strong, firm woman who says, you know what? You ain't playing with my heart. Either you're in or you're out. Or I'm out. Yeah. Please. I'm not waiting around no 16 years. Right. So. And then we see the Chaneys too. And we see Maisha Chaney crying. Hmm. What do you think she's crying about? Definitely stress. Okay. Being a first lady, I don't know exactly what the stress is about, but again, Christy was saying how hard it is. And as what we know of, um, Lady Cheney, she, she's head of the gospel choir. Oh yeah. You know, so that's a lot of pressure. Then you have children. Then you're someone's wife, not only someone's wife, you know, a preacher's wife. I feel like something must have happened where she's just like, okay, this is too much responsibility. I don't know how I'm going to do this. Okay. I think it has something to do with her husband. But not that he did anything wrong to her. Maybe it was some groupies. I don't know. Church groupies. I don't know. Something. I don't know what the Chaneys. You think the Chaneys? I think, I think somebody might have hurt her feelings because uh, they're trying to get at him. Of course, I don't think he's, he's you know, I think yeah. he really absolutely loves yeah, his wife. So but I, I think that might be, I don't know. Hmm. 
Mm, I don't know. We'll see. We will have to wait and see. Um, do you have any predictions about the haze lips? Um, the haze lips are going to help someone with love because they always do. <laughs> They're pretty good. Right. Yeah. Good. I, I want to see some skateboarding from, from Pastor Hazel. I want to see him out. You've seen him the first episode. A little bit. I want to see more. He's, he's pretty good at what he does. Yeah, I want to, I want to dive more into his story, um, learn more about him and again, and again, Christy. And we need some more Priscilla. I want right. to see more of her. She's pretty. She is. She's beautiful. She seems really nice. She does. We didn't see too much of her this episode. You know, she was just by her man's side. But I want to get to know her a little more. Her yeah. and Christy. I hope. I hope Bishop McClendon, please let her out so we can <laughs> talk to her and see her. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start looking online for you guys to see if we see any um any stories or anything more about Priscilla, her mm-hmm. background, where she's from, what she does. And then wait, wait, wait we want to do uh, news and gossip. Oh, yeah, One more thing before we end, before yeah. we leave you. Before we leave. Okay, so on Oxygen.com, they had another debate with a poll. And the debate was elope or have a big traditional family wedding which mm. was better should Dietrich have eloped with Dominique or should they have waited for their big wedding okay. and the results are what 84% said do it it's between you two and there God go. go ahead people shout out and to all the people on oxygen.com <laughs> yeah 16% said wait for the, the big wedding and y'all don't matter because y'all are wrong if I <laughs> I voted personally. I would have said, just wait a month. It's four weeks. You're killing me. You, you couldn't wait four weeks. No, you, you waited two years. I think there was something, and maybe this is a prediction. I think there was something going on that they didn't fill us in on that they had to marry a month before the wedding. You think they was having relations and she's preggers? Her shirts have been looking pretty big. I'm just saying. Let me know if you guys noticed anything. You, I'm surprised you didn't say that. No. You didn't see any. Fallon, she had on a tight dress when they went to go. Yeah, but have you seen all the other scenes? All her shirts have been big. No, even, they haven't. Even the, the, the dress that she got married in was big. Even that was I was, I was talking to my sister and my cousin. They were like, she, she has Look, a pretty Fallon big shirt Fallon over here on. starting over here talking about people pregnant. I didn't say that. I'm just saying. Fallon she said has, it. I didn't she say it, Dietrich and Dominique. On. Fallon right. said it. So we'll, we will see. <laughs> Let me know what you guys think out there. You know, um, do you think there was another reason why they got married so quick? Or like Megan said, they just they just couldn't wait four weeks. Mm-hmm. And like everybody else voted, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at MegScoop, like scoop of ice cream, because I definitely want to know what you guys think about Preachers of LA. And you guys can find me online on Instagram and Twitter. I haven't been tweeting much, but I'm going to start tweeting more about the show. Yay. You guys can find me at Fit with Fallon, and we will see you next time. And hopefully next time we will have some of the executive producers in the show. Ooh. And I'm working on Dietrich. I'm going to grill him. We might him. have him in here. So. I'm going to grill him good, yes, honey. It'll be mm. good. So mm. if you guys continue to watch us every thursday 8 p.m pacific time oh and the preachers will be on arsenio hall tonight so check october 31st tvs yes and all of them are going to be on so we'll uh we'll have to watch that we'll see you guys next time bye from executive producers maria menounos kevin undergaro phil svitek and the entire AfterBuzz tv staff we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz tv network to watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! Hallelujah! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 